are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. Humans as existing things tend to be a little bit obsessed with themselves. We spend a lot of time talking about what it is to be human, what humanity means, how it operates and what makes it different from animals. Some people will argue it is language that makes us different, although there are different theories as to how animal communication differs from language. Others think it is the use of tools. However, we do see other primates and even birds using tools, although granted nowhere near as sophisticated as ours. Others claim it is our capacity for emotion, but any pet owner will tell you different. Which gets us on to grieving. Surely that is what sets us apart. But no, it appears that elephants display behaviours which are very close to grief, so we may not be alone in that terrible signifier. Following the natural path of that journey, many people say that what differentiates humans from animals is the fact that we bury our dead. This was until the documentary Unknown, The Cave of Bones, which followed a group of paleontologists and their work at the Rising Star Cave in South Africa. This is the cave where the human relative, Homo Naledi, ritualistically buried its dead over 335,000 years ago, which had previously been unheard of in such an ancient species. This discovery, while seen by scientists as being rushed and needing more work, was seen by others to change how we thought of humanity, because so profound and deeply rooted burial and memorial are to us. While funerals are not for the dead, but rather for the living, Honouring someone's wishes for their funeral is incredibly important, often as it's the last thing we can do for our loved ones, and it is central to honouring their memory. More than that, though, how we ritualise and memorialise around death is highly culturally specific. Customs are handed down over generations and for centuries, while they may also adapt and change, evolving as society evolves. For instance, one of the recent changes that has, has been a move towards more environmentally friendly burials, I myself am opting for a wicker coffin and a tree rather than a headstone. It is a personal choice and not one I would expect anyone to take unless they wanted to because how we are laid to rest is one of the most personal things that happens to us. Most cultures at some point will have a story of a ghost that has come back to haunt the living craving a proper burial without which they are unable to move on to the afterlife. 
This tale serves as a warning against not observing the proper cultural rituals and honouring the dead. If you do not, there is a price to be paid and rituals undertaken to put things right. Even though we live in a post-Enlightenment age, there are ways in which superstition still runs deep, but also serves a purpose. This is the reason why when someone is interred in a way we do not expect, it feels so jarring and so wrong, which is one of the reasons why the mystery at the heart of the podcast, The Body and the Tree, a mystery more commonly known as Who Put Bella Down the Witch Elm, is so popular around the world. It has even inspired the excellent novel The Witch Elm by Tana France, which blurs the boundaries between genre and literary fiction. The body of Bella was found inside a witch elm in 1943, a tree that does have a decidedly spooky look as well as name. In the also decidedly spookily named Hagley Woods, near also spookily named Witchbury Hill in Worcestershire, England. The tree was hollow, but it was incredibly unlikely that anyone could have climbed in. The body had to have been put there by someone else. Due to the conditions of weather and animals, it was skeletonized when found, with a few pieces of clothing still intact. Of course, the police tried to find out the identity of the woman, hoping that that would lead them to whoever had either killed her or, after a possibly accidental death, disposed of her body in a way that was definitely intended with concealment in mind. However, due to the Second World War, which at the time was raging across the globe, Populations that had once been fixed had become much more transient. The amount of missing persons had also grown. In the podcast The Blackout Ripper, we learned that war was not just a moment where people's courage and better nature could shine through, but also offered a huge opportunity for those who wanted to commit crime to rob, rape and kill and get away with it due to the confusion everything was in. With nothing found with the body that would help identify it, the identity of the skeleton became a mystery. In fact, nobody even knows who named the skeleton Bella. It was a name given in 1944 when graffiti started to appear in the local area saying, who put Bella down the witch elm. It was, of course, thought at the time that the graffiti may be an important clue. Did someone think they knew who the victim was? Could it be the murderer? The graffiti has appeared sporadically on the Hagley obelisk over the years, but it's not thought that the same person has been continuing to graffiti on such a regular basis. I would not be surprised if daubing the graffiti has become something local children dare each other to do to prove their bravado. Of course, there are theories. They range from Bella being a sex worker to a German spy and also the less likely black magic. Although black magic as a possibility shouldn't be too surprising a theory given the plethora of spooky place names in the story, 
naturally, people's minds would wander to the occult. While most of Bella's body was found in the tree, a hand was found further away in the forest, and it was suggested that this could be part of a hand of glory ritual, where the hand of a hanged man is dried or pickled and used with a candle made of the body fat of the same man. One way to see how this gruesome idea has echoed down the generations is the recent Netflix hit, Talk To Me. Nowadays, it would probably be a lot easier to identify who the woman is. There is multiple scientific techniques. Studying isotopes in tooth and animal means you can trace where someone grew up. Studying their bones can show signs of disease or repetitive injury and physical prowess. A skull can lend itself to facial reconstruction. And of course, we have the wonder that is DNA. Genetic genealogy means it could even be possible to trace relatives if they have added their DNA to certain databases. So why has none of this been done? Well, the mystery, which already holds so many questions, became deeper when it was revealed the skeleton and the autopsy report that went with it can no longer be found. At some point, it was moved and no one knows where. What we do have, though, is some photographs of the skull and from that, a facial reconstruction has been made of a memorable face. Given the amount of time that has passed, it feels unlikely that it will bring forth many new leads unless someone comes across a matching photograph in an old album or somewhere a box with Bella's skeleton that is discovered, dust-covered in the back of an old cupboard. One of the things that keeps people coming back to the mystery of Bella in the Witch Elm is how Bella was disposed of. Placed in a tree, maybe hastily shoved inside, feels like a huge amount of disrespect. Although one could argue that given most coffins are made of wood, trees have been in some form a natural burial vessel for a long time. There have been tree burials going back as far as prehistoric times in Britain, Egypt and China. In the modern day, you can be buried as part of a tree pod, your decomposing body feeding the new life of the tree growing above you. Crucially, though, these burials are either lying down or in the fetal position. Bella, because of the way she was placed in the tree, was in essence upright. The idea of spending eternity on your feet is indeed one that sounds nightmarish. There would surely be somewhere a family who would have wanted to bury her. And if they could not be found, we have buried and memorialised bodies without an identity before, which we saw in the podcast The Cruelty That Unknown Bear. If the horror of being laid to rest, standing in a tree, was not enough, we have compounded it by losing the skeleton, again preventing proper burial. If ever there would be a justified ghost, it would be Bella. 
You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.